Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The 1 1. Half hits a ground ball toward the middle. Tough play for Lindor. Gloves it, throws to first in time. And the Mets have beaten the Cubs in game one of the doubleheader. Lindor with that excellent range. The shortstop over on the right side of the bag when he gloved it. He quickly got the feet into a position to make the throw and fired to first. Retiring Ian Happ. And the Mets start to celebrate their victory in game one of this day-night doubleheader. 11 innings. The Mets win it by a score of 2-1. to one. Now Polanco. Tattoos this baseball to right field. for Minnesota six runs total and the only thing that's gone wrong for Twins fans is that non catch for that young fan six nothing Minnesota when Polanco makes it home full count one away four three Mets bottom of the 10th inning great moment of drama at Wrigley thank you for joining us the set and the three two round ball to third Love by Escobar, steps on the back, throws to first, double play, and the ball game is over. A 5-3 double play, and the Mets sweep the doubleheader. It's time for Hit and Run, Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. And typically, it is with Spiegel, but today, you get the utility guy coming in to help you. It's Gabe Ramirez. Right here broadcasting live from The Scores, Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We're live and local today, as always. And, you know, it's, it's, it's rare because if your teams lose on a given day, it's only two losses on that day. Somehow, some way, there ended up three losses. That's what, that's what hurts even more. You get clips from three losses, and it just, as you're listening back to it, it just hurts your soul even more. But that's what we're going to do today. Talk some baseball, of course. We have producer extraordinaire Cesar Perez on the ones and twos. You're supposed to go. You know, uh, it's amazing when the mic comes out and how your voice just goes into a perfectly sounding fine. Because in our pre-show meeting, I was kind of worried there. But you sound great right now. Now you're putting me on blast. Yes. You know what? Listen, sometimes you go out, you know, at night, the night before, and and I got to do your thing. But the good thing is this. I got a full slate ahead of me. I'm over here at 670 the score from 9 to 12. Then I literally walk down the hall, 
I'm going to be on P96 from 12 to 5. And then after that, Mas Flow, the music festival happening on the south side of Chicago. I'm hosting that until 9 p.m. Needless to say, my wife's upset, but it's going to be a good time today, all right? And the way I'm, what I'm going to do is a little bit different than, than Speaks. Obviously, he is an almanac of baseball knowledge. I am a true Chicago fan in terms of these teams, what they're doing, in my opinion. So I'll hold true to that throughout the show. But I'm going to start it a little differently. I'm going to do an unassisted triple play. That's what I'm, that's what I'm calling it today. My, my, my top three storylines from the baseball world for us Chicagoans. First and foremost, I'm going to start with the Mariners winning 13 in a row. I know. No one cares. No one cares. No one's like, oh, the Mariners. Like, oh, they're a hot team. They're going to go deep in playoffs. No, absolutely not. Despite the fact that they've won 13 in a row, they are still 10 games back in the AL West. If either of our teams won 13 in a row, first of all, we'd probably throw a parade. But to be the Seattle Mariners, if you're part of that fan base and you've won 13 in a row and you're still 10 back, at least you're in the wild card now. That's, what, that's the beauty of it. But yeah, the Seattle Mariners, 13 in a row. And then you ask yourself, okay, well, because this is the first thing I did, Caesar. I said, have they beaten bum teams? You know, like, is this 13 in a row against you just had some favorable series? Every team gets hot at some point throughout the course of an entire season. But when you look at who they won, it's, it's a hodgepodge of teams. They took their last two against the Oakland A's at the beginning of the month. Then they went out uh, to San Diego, won two there, odd two-game series. Then went home against Toronto and swept four in a row. Now, that's the, impre- that's the impressive one right there. Four in a row against Toronto, a team that maybe that's why they fired their manager because they lost four in a row to Seattle. You got you ran into a hot team. What were you supposed to do? Two of the games they won by one run. Then they go up against the Washington Nationals, sweep that two-game series. And as of Thursday, they won the last three against the Texas Rangers. So what do you think, Caesar? If you were to grade that 13-game win streak on difficulty, well, you know, I'm looking at their schedule right now, and it really, uh, all it does is set them up because the coming out of the All-Star break, they have six of their next nine are against the Astros, who they're chasing. and uh, Seven? Seven, yeah, now that I look at it. Seven of their next nine is against the Astros. So, I mean, if they win all those games in a row, but then come back and then drop five of those seven, I mean, it, re- it literally means nothing, you know? That, and that's the craziness of baseball, I guess. Uh, it just sets them up to have a chance. To do something, really. <laughs> and it's interesting because Seattle's been that team that has been hovering on the brink of excellence over the last couple of years, almost playoff bound, made some good moves at the deadline. So the team's in a position to do well. But then the season starts, and I can listen, as a Sox fan, I'm very familiar with that. You have high hopes for your team because of what happened the year before, and then they just disappoint you. But Seattle has felt that way. Eight games above 500, but shout out to them. Thirteen. Whenever a team wins 13 in a row, it's impressive. And as Caesar mentioned, they have a tough stretch to end the month out. But if they can, you know, I mean, 10 games back is tough. At this point, you're just hoping you make you make the wild card. Not if the Sox have anything to say about it, baby. Which leads me to my second out, or you would say, of my unassisted triple play. But first, I'm going to go to the north side. The Cubs losing the doubleheader. That was tough. As a, so- as a Cubs fan, Caesar, that's the good thing about this balance here on the show today. Are you, are you disappointed at the effort? Or are you just kind of shrugging your shoulders and saying, yeah, 
it's 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 entertaining to see them play close games with the expectation knowing that you know they're they're not really playing for the postseason or anything. So it's so to see them, I guess, be a scrappy young group uh, as they're kind of turning into it, it is entertaining. It's nice to see. I mean, even if the wins aren't coming, uh, I guess you find yourself at a point as a fan where. Uh, you're looking for the little victories, you know. How, what did Christopher Morrell do? How how did uh, sure. you know if Jordan Wicks comes up? How did Jordan Wicks pitch? Stuff like that uh, is what you're looking for. You know, you're not really looking to see did we win the series uh, because you know that's that, a that's, that's, that's a crappy position to be in as a fan base. It is where it you're is. not even worried about the outcome of the game. You're most you're you're worried about the race within the race. You're watching NASCAR now. You're no you're no longer watching Major League Baseball. But Cubs dropped the first one. Two to one, and unfortunately, in the eleventh on the first game, you know that's where it all went to crap. With Pete Alonso, guy who's going to be inside of the home run derby, taking the lead for the Mets. Okay, in the eleventh, hit a sack fly. That's how they ended up taking the lead. And you saw Francisco Lindor. I mean, geez, I love watching him play. You know, whenever you can put your eyes on on a fantastic Puerto Rican middle infielder that's out there as exciting as he is. But again, you're talking about. Them, them, them taking it in the 11th, it would have been cool to see. You know, and the other thing, too, you're right, though. There's small victories. When you're looking at pitching, we're going to have a guy on 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock, I'm sorry, Zach Kroll. He's a New York guy. And this is what he told me as I was talking to him earlier in the week. He said, Mets can't wait to see Marcus Stroman, which I thought was funny. I would think they would care less. You're on the Cubs. I don't care. But needless to say, they were looking for him, but he did well. And four and a third, six strikeouts, two walks, only gave up one earned run, and one hit. One hit in four and a third. Marcus Stroman handling the New York Mets. Unfortunately, they had an equally impressive performance by Tawan Walker, six innings, five Ks. He only gave up one run. It was a good game. But again, Cubs lose the first one of that doubleheader, and then second game, is t- doubleheaders on a Saturday is tough. You, that's not what you want to be doing. Second game, four to three. Cubs had it tied at two going into the 10th. And then unfortunately, the Mets put two on the board in the top of the inning. Cubs get some help from Christopher Morrell. Had a base hit to get that extra run. But then, of course, the double play. Ending the game for the Cubs. I guess I just look at that one as a from a Chicago standpoint. And that's the team you're looking at as the measuring stick. That's what I think of particularly when you're inside of this uh, series against that team because against the Mets because you're saying to yourself, okay, we're not making the playoffs. Mets are atop the AL East. Only two and a half games uh, up on the Atlanta Braves, but but at the top of the... So you're saying to yourself, how are we going to fare? And I think they did a great job, like you said. Against one of the best teams in the National League, they held their own. And if you're talking about that second game, I mentioned a fantastic pitching performance from Marcus Stroman in the first game, and you kind of got more of the same from Drew Smiley, four and a third. E- equaling the output of Stroman in the first game, four and a third, struck out four, only gave up one earned run, but two runs in total. I, you know, and Drew Smiley is, is a guy that you've kind of been depending on all year. Wouldn't you say, Caesar? You look at him to eat up some innings, but also to be a guy that you're, you're, you're watching to say to yourself, is he going to be a part of this organization for the next couple of years. He's definitely a guy they depended on for innings uh, when they signed him in the offseason, which, he, you know, he, he hasn't been around all year, so he hasn't been able to p- provide those innings they uh, 
we're wanting him for. But he's definitely a guy that they want to go out there, even if he's getting rocked. You know, give me six, give me seven. We need those Indians out of you. And you know, you know, you're a baseball guy, Gabe. Mm-hmm. You know, you need pitchers that are just going to eat up Indians. That that's part of having a rotation. It, you know, maybe their ERA is above four or above five. But guess what? Every time he touches the ball, every time he goes out there, he's gives me a chance to win. Yeah, he's out there for six or seven innings. I think really that's what they're looking for for Smiley. Give me seven innings. Give me a good seven innings. Let me let me give the pen a day off. You know, hey, we might be losing six to two, sure. but you know, you're gonna go out there. You're gonna throw 120. You're gonna stay in the game, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna give my bullpen some time off. I think I think that's exactly the role they're looking for Smiley to fill. I see them saying also, we want you to throw your actual arm with your last pitch, just because that's what we want from you. Absolutely everything. Unfortunately, didn't give the bullpen a break. Anderson Espinosa two and two thirds. Scott F. Ross, an inning. Steven brought an inning. Michael Givens with loss, two-thirds of an inning. And then Daniel Norris wrapping up that last run. Uh, last inning. I mean, you know, it's tough. Unfortunately, they ran into a bulldozer. Max Scherzer, six and a third. He struck out 11. What you would expect from a guy like Max Scherzer. Only give up two earned runs. But, some, you know, th- that's what you're talking about. Where the, the hope is that you're, gonna go- you're going to eventually feel the team that is going to be able to give you more than two runs so that that way you're not in this position. Because... You wouldn't be an extras if that were the case. But Jan Gomez with his ground rule double in the second. Ended up scoring a run. And then, of course, Jan Gomez back around again in the fourth inning. Singled in Patrick Wisdom to get those two runs. So Jan Gomez is who you want against Max Scherzer most definitely. But, again, it was a measuring stick kind of um, doubleheader. And I think the Cubs did a fantastic job battling it out. Which takes me to my third out of my unassisted triple play. We're going over to the south side. Well, actually, you'd go up north to, to find out where they were playing in Minnesota. But it's, it's about Lance Lynn. And the, the third take is that Lance Lynn is bad. And what's interesting is that myself and Shane Reardon, executive producer of Parkinson Spiegel, him and I, we do a Southsiders podcast here for the Odyssey Network and 670 The Score. And on Thursday, right when the, the Sox had won, Cueto pitched the gem. And I, we open up the podcast. He asks me how I'm doing. And I say, you know what? I'm going straight to the cheese right now. Lance Lynn will not be on the White Sox playoff rotation. This is before yesterday, guys. Shane looked at me like I killed his dog. He's like, are you serious? He's like, what are you laughing at me? Literally laughing. We're going to play the clip in a second. Literally laughing at me. Hey, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. And I said, listen. Whatever, I'm told to give my opinion and what I think in my heart of hearts. And as a Sox fan, Lance Lynn is bad and he will not be on the playoff rotation. Now, Caesar, before he could answer and give me a, a, a true rebuttal, this is what I told him. I said, before we get to, to Lance Lynn and your thoughts on him and, and, and your counter argument, I said, the question I have for you is, are you going with a five-man rotation in the playoffs? No. And I, and I cut him off and I said, the answer is no. You are not going with a five-man rotation if you make the playoffs, if you're the Chicago White Sox. And I said, first and foremost, if, you make the, if you're lucky enough to make the wild card or win your division, you're only going to be doing a three-game series. And if that's the case, you have Geo, Cease, and Kopech. And if you're fortunate enough to win that series, game four, you are not going to Lance Lynn. You're going to Johnny Cueto, the guy that's been absolutely dominant for you over the course of the last month and a half. I think that's the key, right? Over the last month and a half, there's still like a whole second and a half left. And that's what he said. He said, it's July 14th, Gabe. It's July 14th. I said, okay. And I said, and then after Johnny pitches, what you're not going to do is give the ball to Lance, then you're going back to Dylan Cease. Or he might start game, like, 
depending on how the rotation works out, he might be starting game one of the second series. You just, you're not, Lance Lynn isn't going to, he's like crazy. Then we start getting into it. Then yesterday, oh, I love this. I get to read a text message from Shane Reardon. So he ends up texting me yesterday after the first couple of innings. And then absolutely says, as you can see right here, let me just pull his, uh, he goes, he goes, you jinxed it. He said, you effing jinxed it. It's actually what what he texted me. And I said, jinxed it or predicted it? Lance Lynn giving up six runs in his first three innings, all by the long ball, too. We're not talking about manufactured runs. You put the ball where they just absolutely crushed it. And it's what he's been doing for the entire year. He had one good outing against the San Francisco Giants because he's pitching on the West Coast. Outside of that, duds. No shade of Lance Lynn. But like you were saying, Caesar, earlier, you're an innings eater. We saw what happened when you were at the top of the rotation for the playoffs for the Chicago White Sox last year, and it didn't end up well. And now that you got three guys pitching for you in Giolito, Cease, and Kopech, and Cueto pitching the way he's pitching, I don't see Lance Lynn touching the mound if they do make the playoffs. But the question is, will they? And to answer that, on the other side, we are going to be talking to Lamont Pope, my guy from the Chicago Tribune. He covers the White Sox. And I wonder how he feels after these first couple of games against the Minnesota Twins. How will the White Sox fare? And will they make the playoffs? We'll ask him next. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Hit and Run on Sports Radio, 670 The Score, Chicago Sports Station. Gabe Ramirez, pinch hitting for Mr. Spiegel today. He got, he got a good voice, man. When you hear him, I know you guys feel this. If, if you guys are true fans and you're sitting here listening to Hit and Run, you got to love the voice of Speaks. No, I'm not talking about the singing one either. I'm talking about the Golden Pipes here on 670 The Score. We are live and local today, of course, talking baseball until 12 o'clock. These White Sox, fourth in batting average in the, in the league. It seemed as though the bats were starting to come alive. But no amount of hitting can make up for some poor pitching. And that's what you got yesterday from Lance Lynn. Yes, I'm going to I said it earlier. I genuinely feel as though he will not. I know. I know. You can argue with me all you want. But if I'm Tony La Russa and I'm looking at that, that rotation going into the playoffs, I know. I'm assuming there. But I'm a fan, so of course I'm going to assume that the White Sox are going to make the playoffs. Batting's doing all right. Pitching just needs to come around a little bit more. Lance Lynn... Our producer, Cesar Perez, said it's got to be an innings eater for the rest of the season. But I don't know how many more opportunities he's going to get. I got to be honest. I do not know how many more opportunities he's going to get. When you see gems being thrown by Giolito, by Cease, by Cueto, and then you see Lance Lynn come out in the first couple of innings and just give up some bombs, six, six runs in the first three innings all off of home runs. Can't say that enough. And I understand. You're like, it's Lance Lynn, though, Gabe. He shouldn't, we shouldn't be talking about him like this. Of course, he's going to make the playoffs. He's the backbone of this. I get it. But he's one in three with a 7.5 ERA. His last couple of outings, the only one you can point to that was good this year, I'm talking about this year, the whole year, is this one game against the San Francisco Giants where he pitched a gem. Outside of that, Caesar, let me just tell you his run, the runs he's given up in this season so far, every game he's pitched. Six, eight, five, six, five, three. Bro, that does not 
bro. But you know what? There's someone that we can actually ask about that. If he thinks he'll be on this playoff roster. And he's joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is a writer for the Chicago Tribune. He's one of my good friends. Lamont Pope, I'm so glad you're here, dude. You know I love hanging out with you, man. What do you think about this situation with Lance Lynn and my my bold prediction that he's not going to make this playoff roster? Or not maybe not the roster, but he's not going to get a start in the playoffs. Good morning, Gabe. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, Lance realizes uh, that he's going to have to be better. Um, the, you know, coming on back from the injury, um, he's uh, he, he, like I said, the start against San Francisco uh, was a positive sign, and then the, the last three, and it's been early, early uh, you know, um, damage that's been done against them. The start against uh, Cleveland on Monday, uh, five runs in the first. Um, I think he entered uh, yesterday's start uh, with a 12.00 ERA in the first inning. And so, you know, and, and, and I started against uh, Cleveland. Obviously, it, it wasn't a ton of hard contact in that first inning. You know, a couple infield hits, uh, broken bat single. Um, but, you know, there was still 39 pitches, and, and that, you know, that uh, prevented him from going uh, you know, deep into that ball game. And then uh, the start yesterday, um, you know, first batter, uh, hit home run, um, and then like I said, you know, you know, he said after the game, uh, you know, the three pitches equaled six runs, and and he knows that uh, that he's got to keep the ball in the ballpark in that sort of sort of situation, um, and and so you know, with with this break coming up, you know, he, he's, he's he said that they've worked on some things mechanically, um, and and he feels that you know the process of working to get on back getting back and then trying to perform as well. You know, I think the break is coming at a, at a good time for Lance. I don't know. He's just not a spring chicken anymore. I'm older than him, but I know I'm not a spring chicken. So I know he's creeping up behind me shortly. I just, you know, it's tough Lamont because you're watching this team and you have such high hopes for them. And then you get on this small win streak and in your heart of hearts, you want him to do well in your heart of hearts. You want him to continue the hot streak that the White Sox have had. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to see because then you say to yourself, Lamont, you're like, how much more of this are we going to allow? Are we going to allow him to get on the bump every five days and just give up, you know, five or six runs? It can't, it can't, it, there's got to be a moment, like you said, where they, he has this break, but I say like two more starts, if he does the same thing, they're going to do something where like, oh yeah, rest your hammy. We're going to give somebody else a spot start. And then, they, then what happens then? Then you give him another opportunity. I guess I'm just, I'm concerned about him. You know, I'm, I'm concerned about him. So I'm, I'm trying to find... Where's the silver lining in the Lance Lynn trajectory for the rest of the season? I think the, the uh, silver lining is the track record, right? I mean, you know, the last three seasons uh, being a uh, getting some of those for Cy Young awards. Um, so, so the recent track record is there. Um, it's all about just putting it all together. You know, and I, you know, I think that he, the Sox realize and he realizes that you know if, if this team is going to be. Uh, um, contending in the AL Central, uh, he's going to have to play a pivotal role in, in this thing. You know, you're taking a look at the rotation as a whole. Um, you know, particularly in the second half, uh, you, there's going to be a, a time where uh, you're going to have to start monitoring. I mean, they've been monitoring uh, uh, Michael Kopech's innings anyway, but but that's going to be a little bit more of a focus focal point as well in the second half. And so, so you're you're going to need your starters as a whole, as a group. Uh, to 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 go deeper in the games, you know, so you don't wear out this bullpen, which has performed really well, uh, particularly recently, uh, when you know when they have things lined up with 
the way that Kelly's thrown the last couple of outings. Uh, you know, Ronaldo Lopez has been um, tremendous in, in his role. Uh, great event, and then you get the ball to, to uh, Liam. And so, so if you can get a situation where, where you can get to the, the sixth or the seventh and you can line those guys on up, then you're in pretty good shape. Uh, but, but they know that overall as a starting rotation, uh, you know, the, the talent is there, and they have to kind of get deeper into games. And that includes Lance. And, he, you know, again, I think the tra- track record sort of set, uh, speaks for itself, and that's why that's why I'm, I'm more optimistic, I guess, than, than you. Yes, very, very, very much so. He's Lamont Poe from the Chicago Tribune. I'm Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel today on Hit and Run. This is 670 to score. As you you and I have had the luxury, I've had the luxury of talking to you before some 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 big uh, series that the Sox have had. Going into this one, did you have high hopes prior to you know the Sox winning the first couple of games? Did you have high hopes, or were you just kind of like, I'm here for I'm here for the show. I'm just along for the ride, and I'm gonna take whatever is in front of me. Or did you kind of say to yourself, you know what, I think they're gonna be able to you know get out of this hole they've dug themselves and they're going to go ahead and win a couple of these games. I've been waiting for uh, that type of consistency, Gabe. I mean, it, it's sort of like you, you, you saw a little bit you know, earlier in the season. You get to like June, but you, you win two or three uh, against the Rays, and it's like, all right, well, this is the, the time when things are going to turn around, and then it does. And then you, you take two or three out of uh, against the Blue Jays at, at a guaranteed rate, and they're like, all right, well, this is the moment when things turn around, and then it doesn't. Um, you, so they, they win the two, the final two games in uh, in Cleveland. Um, you know, really strong pitching, um, and, and and so it's like, well, can they kind of carry that momentum on, on over into the uh, Minnesota series? And obviously, they, they haven't had a lot of success against either Cleveland or. Uh, Minnesota this season, and if they're going to win this division, obviously they, they got to, uh, you know, they have to start producing against against these two teams. Um, and so, you know, the, the the big moment on Thursday night, the grand slam by uh, Luis Robert, you know, that, that, that sort of to me, it, it could have been one of those moments where, all right, this team is you know kind of sparked. You know, it, it, it seemed like a big moment. Um, and then for them to back it on up the next day when Luis uh, leaves early with uh, with um, head lightness and, 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 and then you're just or, or lightheadedness, head lightheadedness. Um, and, and then uh, Adam Engel comes on in and he hits a three run homer in the seventh. Um, it's like, all right, well, the, you know. That's a little bit of the things that you saw last year. When when someone went down, you know, there was someone there that was able to kind of step on in and, and play a big role and, and get the big hits. And so, so you're starting to see, you know, if, from from the White Sox fans' perspective, you're starting to see maybe uh, some of those signs of this team kind of putting putting it together. You know, the, you talked about the offense a little bit um, earlier. It's you know, you're starting to see a little more production from that standpoint, getting some home runs, getting you know, scoring a little more runs, and so. You're starting to see some signs, um, and and so that's why I think today's a, a an important game from the standpoint of uh, going into the break uh, with a little more momentum. You got Dylan Cease on the mound. Uh, if you can if you can take three or four, uh, get back within uh, a three games going into the break and be 500. I, I mean, I know it's what no no one really expected going on into the season. If it was a man, the White Sox are at five are going to be at 500 at the All Star break. You know it would be a very disappointing season and so far overall it has been, but the fact that if they can win three or four, get to the 500 mark, um, get a little bit of momentum going in into the break and then coming out of the break, play uh, Cleveland uh, four and three days, you know, that, that's a chance once again to kind of uh, continue to make some hay here in the AO Central. I think momentum is the key word you said there, Lamont. And I think the Sox are definitely looking for it. And of course, Dylan being the, a great guy to continue with that momentum, going up, going up against Chris Archer today, 
It's a game that I feel like is it should be winnable, but why do I why do I feel in my heart of hearts that I'm just I'm waiting for the Dylan Cease bomb game? You know, there's always one of those that exists, right? You, you, you in your heart of hearts you want him to just pitch gems for the rest of the season, but you know one's going to be there. Is 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 to, is today going to be that game, or are we going to get the Cease that's been dominant and continuing to go up the ranks of the AL Cy Young um, odds makers? What what do you think is, is going to happen today? No, I was really impressed with um, with his most recent start against against Cleveland, particularly because you know it was the only human for for someone who's who's put up all star numbers who should be uh, going to Dodger Stadium um, to be disappointed when when you're not selected, right? Um, and and like you know it would be it would be only human if if that became a distraction for somebody. But the way that he was able to go on out there, big you know big series. The team had lost a couple games, and for him to uh, help the team sort of turn around and with that pitching performance, I thought that was pretty impressive. And so, you know, he's been uh, that type of pitcher all season long, um, and and so you know, I believe you know in, in this sort of big spot that he can rise to that occasion once again. So you know, I think it's a situation where you got the right guy on the mound um, to, to try to take three or four. Um, you know, obviously the, the uh, batting lineup, you know. You, Probably not going to have Robert. You're probably not going to have uh, Eloy. Um, so, so you're going to have to find uh, other ways for power sources or other ways to produce some runs. Um, so, so the, you know, that's an added bonus when, or an added, added reason why you might have to lean on uh, Dylan a little bit more today. Um, and, and I think that he's going to, you know, be able to rise to the occasion. It's crazy when you're looking at, and I like to gamble them on. So when you're looking at the pitching props for Dylan Cease, the over-under for strikeouts is seven and a half. Seven and a half. You got a guy's over-under for strikeouts seven and a half, and you don't put him in the All-Star game? You're so confident that he's going to get up to that number and, and you don't put him in there? It's blasphemous right there, Lamont. <laughs> Let me ask you this as well. I mean, obviously, Sox, I mean, if you look at any stats and any metrics, you see how poorly they're playing at home versus on the road. Why do you feel like there's such a discrepancy there? Do you feel like there's less pressure for the White Sox when they're on the road? And more at home. It's uh, it's been stunning. I mean, you know, obviously, especially uh, considering the success that they've had at home, you know, the last last couple of seasons. And so, uh, for them to to not be able to kind of duplicate that this season um, has been really one of those oddities to watch. You know, we actually uh, we asked. Uh, uh, Tony Rizzo said about that uh, yesterday. One thing that he mentioned is like, well, it seems like, and I haven't really broken on down, but it, it just seems like they've had more of their regulars and more healthy. You know, they've been more healthy uh, during the periods when they've been on on the uh, on the road. Uh, that, that was one of the things that he said. And so, so that's one thing I have to kind of take a look at when I kind of break that down a little little bit further. But it's you know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, again, if if you're going to be a playoff team, uh, you got to win at home. And 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 you know, again, when they were. Uh, having a, a ton of success last season. I mean, they, they were uh, one of the top teams in baseball as far as uh, winning percentage at home, um, and they know that they have to be better uh, at home, and, and especially you know, given these opportunities, uh, you know, you know Minnesota's going to be coming on in a couple times. You know, like I said, right off the bat, you get Cleveland uh, coming on in after the All Star break, and so so some opportunities to, to play some of these AL Central. Uh, other contenders right off, you know, right off the bat in Cleveland's case, and you got to make take full advantage of that when you're at home. But it's it's really been uh, surprising to to watch the team not have that success at home this season. It's been so surprising, Lamont. We're talking to Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune right here on six seventy. The score, it's hit and run. Usually with Matt Spiegel. Today we got Gabe Ramirez, myself filling in for him. 
you know, we were talking about the inefficiencies on, at home. And you can point to a couple of players. You know, Andrew Vaughn, his batting average at home, 230. Away, 349. That's a crazy discrepancy right there. You're talking about a guy that should be sent down to the minors when he's playing at home and a guy that's like in the running for MVP if you're batting 350 away. It's just, you know, those things are interesting. And you're looking at a guy like Vaughn. Something that I've said since the beginning of the season is I, I, I would have loved him in the six hole. I know Tony was batting him second for a while. And for me, it just was because he was the White Sox, one of the White Sox's most productive hitters. He was he was at the time when they were in that dry spell. And I said, his hits do you no good if he's not bringing nobody in. Put him in the six. Some of these, some of these guys are going to get on. Put him in a position to get, be the RBI guy. And then finally, over the last couple of games, or the beginning of the series, I should say, against Minnesota, he ended up producing from the very first inning in that six hole. Lamont, how do you feel about Vaughn in the six hole, and do you prefer him in the two? Boy, those, those lineup constructions are I know. always <laughs> interesting, right? You know, it, it, it's a situation where um, when you have a team that's at full uh, full strength, um, I, I, I typically um, like um, top hitters or, or, or more you know, the most productive hitters tend to hit higher in the lineup because they get more chances at bat, um, which gives them more opportunities to go on base. You know, if they're not driving in the runs, they're getting on base and having the opportunity to score runs. Um, and so, so you know, the more chances that, uh, that uh, you know, Tim Anderson or, or uh, Andrew Vaughn gets, gets the chance to bat, that's, that's, that's my preference. Um, um, but it, it's also a case of where uh, you're trying to figure on out, you know, obviously this, this lineup for the most part is going to be uh, stacked with right-handed batters anyway, but, but you know, you want to have some sort of balance, take that into consideration, which, what you may do. And when you see, you know, you're, you're starting to see um, like Yohan uh, produce a little bit more. Um, so, so the, you know, the, when, when you have that opportunity to kind of break things on up, when you, when you have a chance to, uh, to kind of lengthen that lineup that, that everyone uh, thought would be uh, um, from top to bottom uh, super productive, um, you know that's that's better overall. But but yeah, I, I think for if I'm kind of sort of constructing an A lineup, you know I, I try to try to get those top hitters as many at bats as possible, give give Luis Robert as many at bats as possible, <laughs> uh, things of that nature because because of the damage that those guys can do and, and the opportunities. Like I said, if, if Vaughn is on base ahead of uh, Luis and then and Robert can kind of trap him on in with the with what he can do at the plate as well. And so so that, that's the kind of balance that, that you're kind of looking at on a day-in-and-day-out basis when you're kind of trying to construct that lineup. Yeah, I just selfishly wanted him there. <laughs> that's all it was, Lamont. Hey, Lamont, it's always a pleasure talking to you. You know I love it, man. You always make me feel a lot better as a White Sox fan because you're the positivity to my mundaneness. So I love it, man. Thanks for hanging out with me this morning, waking up early, all right? Thanks, Gabe. Anytime. Of course, Lamont Pope from the Chicago Tribune. Joining us right here on 670, the score is hit and run. My name's Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel today. And I hear what he's saying. I, I know people are going to say, I, I know the rule. Put your best guys at the top so they can get more at-bats. I heard that when I mentioned it to Dan Bernstein, he said the same thing to me. thought I was crazy. When I mentioned it to, to uh, of course, you know, a couple of guy, other guys here at the score, they saying the same thing. But, you know, then all of a sudden he's in the sixth hole and he's getting RBIs. And all of a sudden the Sox are scoring more runs. Well, we'll see what happens there. He was in the three-hole yesterday for Luis Robert. We'll see what the lineup is going to look like this afternoon when the Sox play the Minnesota Twins. Now, I did mention to you earlier that myself and Shane Reardon, we have our White Sox podcast. It's called Southsiders. You can, if you download the Odyssey app, you can listen to us. We've got episodes every Thursday and Sunday. 
And it really is an, an unfiltered conversation about this team, which is what the fans are deserving of. And I made a bold prediction. And I, we're on the other side of this, we're going to play it. I want you guys to hear exactly what I told Shane Reardon and his rebuttal. And we'll do that on the other side. And it's about the worst pitcher on the White Sox rotation right now. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 The Score. This is Hit and Run on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago Sports Station. Is this what Matt Spiegel is playing on his show? Loki, this is one of my favorite songs. Bobby Brown, Every Little Step. I can't sleep at night. I toss and turn. Let's never run to tell of. Shout out my sister who would listen to stuff like this Saturday morning while we were cleaning the house. My mom would be trying to put on some salsa, and then my sister would throw on some Bobby Brown. Skate Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel. We are live and local today on 670 The Score. And... I'm coming in with my hot takes, man. Lance Lynn is bad. I mean, And the good thing is this. This is the best thing, Caesar. This is the best part about it. It's not a hot take that I'm making the day after he poops the bed. Is it a hot take if everybody on your text line is agreeing with you? Well, that's the good. Well, because that's the thing. Now, now it is. Today. The day after the game, that's what it is. But if you say it on Thursday before Lance Lynn pitches, now that is when you're doing some work right there, ladies and gentlemen. So, again, Shane Reardon, executive producer of Parkinson Spiegel, is my co-host on the Southsiders podcast, which we do twice a week. If you got the Odyssey app or just Google or, you know what I'm saying, Spotify, whatever, Apple, listen to, the, listen to the podcast. And these are the kind of things that we say on there so that that way we can put the team into perspective. Go ahead and Caesar, hit, hit them with this beautiful audio that was taken on Thursday. If you're eating innings in the playoffs, it's because we need you to eat too because we're probably losing that game. You need someone to be in there though, so you don't blow your bullpen out, right? So that's where you need Lance Lynn from. Look, all I'm saying is that if you want to go back to that argument, it's very simple. You're not going to go to a five-man rotation in the playoffs. You're not. It's just nobody does that and unless you're the 2005 White Sox. Hey. <laughs> so that's the only way you're going five-man rotation. So with the four-man, Lance Lynn is out, and you need, he's going to eat your innings up in the middle. And if you want to get that second baseman, like you said, or the left-handed hitter, you have to give up some assets. You have yeah, to. But that's not Ronaldo Lopez. Like R- Ronaldo Lopez is not going to return a like Cattell Marte in Arizona or uh, why not? His face. Your assumption is that he's, he's a reliever. Not. Your assumption is that he's a reliever. He is. And my this year. And my thing is, someone's going to take him and be like, "No, you are started like they thought you were." And no. we're going to put you to pitch five or six innings. See, the conversation we were having there was about Lance Lynn and how he's not going to make. They're not going to make the playoff rotation. And I said it at the beginning of our podcast on Thursday before he pitched. And I said, you got you got Gio, you got Cease, you got Kopech, and Cueto's just pitching that well. And you, and so I told Shane, I said, but what you're not going to do is go to a five-man rotation. And that's where Lance Lynn comes in. It's unfortunate. And he brought up the fact that he just signed a two-year extension for a ton of money. And he goes, and that was his argument. Gabe, it's about the money. Caesar, I don't care. About the, it's not my money. I was just about to say it's not your money, right? But it is a lot of money. They still owe him, I believe. Uh, let me see here, seventeen million uh, next year. So what? I, I was I'm hosting the the Jack Daniels Lounge at Mosflow this this festival all weekend, and I'm sitting there, and I'm supposed to be hosting, and the, and and the the DJ starts doing my job, and I literally just sat down, and I was like, I'm getting paid no matter what. 
Do you want to do this? By all means, do your thing. That's how Lance Lynch will feel right now. It's actually 19 million, thanks to our uh, buddy Bruce Levine texted uh, to let you know that it is 19 million, actually. 19 million next year is old. Never feels good saying these takes when you know Bruce Levine's listening. Because <laughs> he's, he's probably thinking I'm an idiot right now. But it's okay, though. I think it's okay. It's like we were talking on the mom Pope a second ago, and he said, but Gabe, it's his history. It's his track record. Well, guys, people hit a certain age sometimes. Why do you don't give 30-something-year-olds, you know, five-year contracts? Because you, you know that there comes, that regression hits eventually. It's okay, though. But I, I do want to encourage you guys to go ahead and listen to the Southsiders podcast. What I've learned is, I was, I was trying to play a different clip. Caesar told me we couldn't play it because we cursed too much. It was hard to pull that just clip we just played. You guys, uh, you guys swear a lot in the podcast, which is fine, I guess, but not not for our era, obviously. It took me a couple of weeks to to drop a, 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 a f bomb in there, but when you're hanging out with Shane, it just flows off the tongue a little easier. He doesn't care. Shane doesn't care. Or maybe when you're just talking about the socks, right? And that was that's the beauty of the podcast that it's not some number crunching podcast. It's just two guys. And then if if you watch if you watch the clip, I'm drinking. I'm drinking wine out of the bottle. I said it's like a it's like a cider, Caesar. At least it's not a box. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I'm holding a box up in my head. That's what I'll need if the Sox lose this game today. Dylan Cease on the mound going up against Chris Archer should be a great one. And then leading into the All Star break, home run home run derbies this weekend. Are you a are you a home run derby guy, Caesar? Is that something you watch and follow closely? You know, of all the All Star spin-off competitions, whether it be basketball or, you know, football even has those competitions. I think the one that I really truly enjoy still is the home run derby. Really? Because it's it's still, you know, it's it's still gimmicky, right? But it's still cool to see these guys just, you know, bash the ball. And they're gonna have a time limit. So I, I'm interested to see uh, how old man Pujols does in his time limit because I mean the guy's forty years old, right? I mean it's gonna be interesting to see how he does. But he knows how to put the bat in the ball, put it in the air, let it carry. But it's timed. That's the thing. It's all timed. So he's he's going to be gassed, man. <laughs> he's going to be gassed. <laughs> going up against Schwarber, who we know can crush the balls, having a fantastic year. All right, let's go. Let's go through these lines. Well, now we got a couple of minutes left. Let's go through these uh, these matchups. You got Schwarber versus Pujols in the first round. Who you got there? I gotta go Schwarber. I think Schwarber. If I could pick with somebody to win, you're it. such a Cub guy. I mean, but it, no, the guy's killing. <laughs> if the Javi Baez and, and, and Rizzo were in this thing too, I bet you you'd have them winning the first round as well. Oh my God! If Javi Baez was in it, I'd take Javi <laughs> all the way, all the way. I love it. He sees a Perez. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is six seventy. The score. All right, Pete Alonso versus Ronald Acuna. I gotta go with Pete Alonso. The polar bear. I gotta take the polar bear. Yeah. Even after he he hit that uh the game winning sack fly yesterday on you guys. On the Cubs. Okay. Uh, Juan Soto, the number one story in baseball right now, uh, going up against Jose Ramirez, the White Sox killer. I wonder if he's going to wait till he has one strike t- to hit all these <laughs> all these pitches out the road. Who you got there? I got to take Soto. Uh, he's got something to prove now. He just turned down almost $500 million. That's he's got to show everybody uh, why he did that. Okay. Corey Seager versus Julio Rodriguez. You're going Corey Seager. No, I got to take J-Rod. Really? Man. J-Rod's tearing. I mean... Right now, he's got to be Rookie of the Year AL, right, J-Run? His forearms are enormous. Like, when you're talking about hitting the ball deep, like, dude got some power there. He has like a, I don't know, reminds me of like a Julio Franco vibe kind of. All right, so then you got Schwarbs versus Soto. Who you got there? 
I'm gonna ride Schwarber. I'm gonna ride. I think I might ride Schwarber the whole way. I'm not. I don't gonna even know you. why. I don't even know why I ask you these questions. I know. I know. It's, it's, I just told you whoever the Cub is. That's who you got in there. All right, Pete Alonso and J Rod. I think J Rod's got the upset there. And then <laughs> J Rod and Kyle Schwarber is your final. Who you got there? I think Schwarber's gonna put on a show. I think he's been doing it already. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, and I know. Anybody who's been paying attention to baseball on the first half knows that Schwarber's been put on a show already. He's True. Gonna, he's going to put on a show in a home run derby for sure. And the 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 final of his show, if it were up to Cesar Perez, would be him ripping off his Phillies jersey to have a Cubs t-shirt underneath, wouldn't it? I'm back, baby. I'm back. It's <laughs> Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run here on 670 The Score. Got a fantastic show lined up. And when we come right back on the other side, I do a show on Saturdays on the BetQL Network. It's called Chalk Talk. My executive producer is a number cruncher, so good at this kind of stuff, but he's also a Mets fan. So we're going to talk to him about the Cubs-Mets series that's been going on this weekend, but he's also going to tell us some games we potentially could be making some money on. Zach Kroll from BetQL joins us right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. It's Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 